Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 192 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined by a special guest co-host today, Kyle. You may be familiar with him from the Tottenham Pod special. What's going on with you? Not too much, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. I think uh, I speak for the both of us when I say that we're just uh, looking forward for our time, our teams to be done for a few months and uh, get some new excitement for next year, but excited to recap these games and uh, predict what's going to happen in the last week. I think that's, uh, that's definitely fair for, for the both of us. I, I took a weekend off uh, from watching Arsenal. I mean, I knew the league was over uh pretty much and uh, i didn't even watch my team this weekend which is that's the first time uh in a long time i went back and watched highlights things like that but i had a really i had a bad feeling uh going into saturday morning that things just weren't gonna go our way and, and they certainly didn't so we'll start off uh with the game on thursday newcastle four brighton one this one didn't necessarily go the way I thought it would. I think I edged Brighton in this one, but they were only able to score one goal. Dennis Undav with the own goal in the 22nd. Dan Byrne with his first Premier League goal in the 45th. A nice header. Uh, and then Dennis Undav got on the score sheet again, this time scoring for the correct team in the 51st. Callum Wilson, who's been in sensational form in the 89th, and Bruno Guimaraes, who added another in the 91st it was a close game to be honest with you brighton controlled the tempo controlled the pace i mean this is kind of what we've come to expect from this brighton side uh newcastle defended well like we expect from them uh but we're able to to register way more shots on target than brighton it was just a, a lack of offensive clinicality from brighton in this one they weren't able to get too many goals to go in and newcastle took their chances when they had them got a little bit of luck from dennis undav early uh but really we're just much more sharp up top and i guess that's kind of what you can expect when you have wilson who's in form and isak who by the way we should say should not be playing out on the left he should probably still be central maybe next year we'll see a, a change Two strikers, perhaps, and somebody behind them. Uh, but I think they're wasting Isak a little bit out on the left in terms of contributions. That's just not where he should be. That's where St. Max should be. Um, what do you think about this one? This was a, a shock result, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we've seen all year. When Newcastle are on, they can score almost yeah. at will and really outperform their XG. Um, this was 2-1 to one at the half, and I thought that this could possibly end in the 2-2, but St. James is a tough place to go, and Newcastle obviously uh, pretty comfortable in that top four and that third spot right now on goal differential, and I think they're going to keep that. Um, but a big win for Newcastle at home, and um, really the scoreline doesn't really show um, how – you know, Brighton played. They, I don't think they deserve to lose four to one. Uh, this was more of like a three-two uh, kind of just nick that that three points, but three points nonetheless for Newcastle. Yeah, a very very quiet game for for Brighton in terms of scoring. We we see them score. We see them pump goals past. I mean, they had a five-one. Uh, I guess that was a week or two ago now against Everton. So you know, some slightly more shambolic defending, we'll say for sure. Uh, but we saw Van Heck in there. You know, this isn't like. This isn't their number one defense. Duncan Estupinian can sit Caicedo further back. It's it's not a perfect team for Brighton in this one. And Matoma, I don't know. This was just an off week for him, I think. And it, it was surprising to me. But Newcastle now, uh, I believe they're pretty much just one win away from Champions League football. We saw United get a win as well. So both teams 
three and four Newcastle and United level on 69. Uh, and the Champions League football race is really what we're coming down to at the end of the season. Everything else is set. City won the league, Arsenal are concrete in second. Uh, relegation is all but set, it seems like at this point. Southampton are locked in. Um, but yeah, we have we have some things that we need to keep our eyes on still uh, towards the end of the season. Up next, I'll hand this one right off to you. Tottenham 1, Brentford 3. Oh, yes. Uh, this is one that I, I saw coming even though it was at White Hart Lane. Uh, eighth minute, Kane scores an absolutely beautiful goal. Not technically a free kick because Kulisevsky rolled it a little bit, but a yep. great set-piece goal. And Harry Kane, just just classic. I mean, gorgeous goal. And if he ends up getting moved uh, in the summer, then this would be his last goal at White Hart Lane. And it would be uh, quite the goal to finish out on. Um, what happened here is 1-0 Spurs at the half. It was a, probably one of the best first halves this season. Um, and then in the second half, just zero intensity. The equalizer was the writing on the wall. And there's just the same thing in, in the Arsenal-Forest uh, game this weekend. Just some useless passing. Yep. By Spurs, just really not in it. Just, you know, from a, a midfielder back to a center back and then up to a winger and then a useless cross. And I think this game really proves that Ryan Mason is just not that guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. He said that he wants the job at Spurs, but he's a great lad, but I think he has to go into the lower leagues and really prove himself. Um, we had a back two center backs with Longley and Sanchez, which is just for that to be, for you to consider yourself the top six team with the top four aspirations. And to have long lane Sanchez in, I know there were some injuries uh, with Romero with that Argentinian hamstring, but um, that's just unacceptable. Um, Spurs need a whole new defense other than maybe Romero. Uh, there's talks of an Eric Dyer extension on his contract, <laughs> which are making me want to look for the nearest bridge. Um, this was interesting because the Tottenham did their uh, season awards after, since this is the last home game. And, um, you know, Harry Kane was out there. He won every player award obviously um he was out there with his whole family looking around and it, it almost seemed like it was kind of a farewell to uh right. to spurs um you know it's been quiet on if there's going to be any moves and we'll certainly uh you guys will be discussing that over the summer but um you know just not the way you want to end a season but spurs fans now are just really just can't wait to get the season over with and look to uh rebuild in the summer so yeah um, on the Brentford side, Tony-less uh, in this one. It was Wissa up top who took the reins because Tony's not going to be playing for, I believe it's eight months now. Uh, he is banned for eight months from seemingly all football activity. Uh, so no English duty, which is where he was sort of heading, honestly. I think he had been given a call up, uh, but it's not looking like he's going to be playing any football whatsoever over the next eight months because of the... 200 gambling infractions uh, that the FA caught. Uh, it did take some time for those to be sorted out, but eight months for 200, I feel like he, he kind of got off with a, a pretty fair punishment. I don't think these guys should be, as long as they're not betting against themselves, I don't really see why they're punished anyway, but that's it's that's a whole other can of worms, I guess, that like we could open with Pete Rose. We'd have to go way deep, but... and. and Brentford wears a kit with a Hollywood bets. I know. Sponsor <laughs> on it. It's just that you see that the sponsorships for betting are just plastered all over every stadium and half of the kits. I mean, um, and eight months, uh, that includes two months of the summer where, right. you know, there's no club football. So it's not like the starts on August 31st. So um, definitely fair. And, and I don't think this is going to really um, hinder Tony's career. I think he's still going to get a big move um, maybe in January or next summer. So 
um, you know, enjoy the vacation essentially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think it's a huge issue either. Um, it might slightly hurt Brentford because I, you know, obviously he's going to play for until January or he would have played until January when he was probably going to get a move. Uh, that kind of hurts you, but Brentford are in a spot right now with, with where they're going to finish in the league. It's not perfect. You know, they're in ninth. They're probably not going to get any European money. I don't see them overtaking Spurs or even Villa, but we can't really rule that out um, for Europa League spots. Uh, but still, I think they've become attractive enough of a club to to maybe bring somebody in that's probably not on Tony's level, but somebody that's serviceable, right? A Callum Wilson type, somebody that they can bring in, at least improve depth up top uh, and work as a, a fill-in guy for Tony until he gets back. We really don't know if he'll move, if he'll stay. Um, the band kind of murky or makes those water makes the water a little bit more murky. Uh, but in the meantime, and Buemo and Wissa uh, will have to do. And the rest of their team, I mean, these guys are rock steady. A great performance from the defense. Uh, Raya has his moments, but I think is a decent enough keeper. And then you have guys in the midfield, Jensen and Onyeka, who I don't see a ton of. Like he doesn't start every game, but I think. Onyeka is an unbelievable midfielder. I think he's a Nigerian international, super quick, defensively good, good with the ball at his feet. Uh, and I think Bradford next year, you know, will be looking for another 10th to 8th place finish uh, as long as things stand. So we'll move on to the next one. Southampton. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm way back. Uh, Liverpool 1, Aston Villa 1. A early goal from Jacob Ramsey, who has been... A quiet star, truly, uh, through the end of the season. He scored in the 27th. And then late, 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 Bobby Firmino in his, what I would imagine, last appearance in a Liverpool kit were in the 89th to rescue a point. Ten shots for Liverpool, six shots for Villa, five shots on target for the Reds, and just three for Aston Villa. Possession went how we thought it would, uh, right in the way of Liverpool, but Villa stayed in this game. They held it for so long. An 89th minute goal is so tough, especially uh, when Villa are trying to get every point they can to overtake Brighton in sixth. It's an unfortunate result, but a really, really good match played by Aston Villa. And they're a team that just have refused to die towards the end of the season and have been way overshooting their mark uh, since, since Unai Emery came in. So I don't know what you thought about Liverpool here taking a draw, you know, finally after seven or eight games unbeaten or won in the league. But I thought, you know, a good performance from both sides. A bit unfortunate that Liverpool weren't able to break the uh, break the one nil a little bit earlier. But still, I thought yeah. a, a cracking match. Yeah, it was a great match, and, and don't forget there was a missed penalty uh, early yeah, on. There was so that could have been a two nil. Watkins it was Watkins. a bad wide miss. Yeah, bad wide miss there. So um, you kind of knew that Liverpool were going to not, you know, they weren't going to lose this game and, and they might have uh, deserved more. Gakpo had an, a goal uh, called off for offside. And Bobby Chompers, man, what a goal. Uh, yeah. An incredible moment. Um, I didn't really realize how much of a legend he is at Liverpool. And yeah, I had a lot of friends him. who are Liverpool supporters and they were, you know, in tears throughout the night. We had a nice, uh, a nice party uh, for uh my buddy's dad's 60th birthday, and then we kind of overtook it, and they were watching highlights and, and in tears. So a good moment for them. Would have been nice if it was a winner, but um, Liverpool, you know, really turned it on at the end of the year. We'll see if they can get into top four, if they're going to be fine with that fifth-place Europa spot and probably a favorite to win that tournament. Um, great game. You know, two really fun uh, fun sides to watch, especially as we've gotten into the later months of the season. 
Yeah, for sure. And Firmino, he he truly is. He's he was a he's not. It's not like he was there for that long. I think it was probably he came from Hoffenheim, you know, maybe twenty sixteen or seventeen. I guess six years is a, a good stay at a club. But um, the Brazilian guys, they they like to move back to where they came from typically. So I would imagine that maybe we'll see two more years of Firmino in maybe Syria, and then he'll be back um, playing in Brazil. That's what. That's what these Brazilian forwards do. It happens a lot. I can think of a ton of them. Hulk, uh, even Ronaldinho went back to Brazil towards the end of his career. Um, it's something about home, I guess. But um, Firmino, absolutely a club legend. Scored that header against Arsenal. Uh, I guess that was a two, was that the two two uh, that kind of shook things up at the top of the table. And he's had just a really admirable career, we'll say, uh, at Liverpool. And, uh, you know, best of luck to him moving forward. It's it's great to leave Liverpool. It truly is. It's a great thing. Uh, Wolves won. Everton won. Huang Hee Chan, a name we don't see on the score sheet all that much, with an early goal in the 34th. And then a name we hardly ever see on the score sheet, the team sheet, anything. Yeri Mina with a goal in the 99th minute to rescue a point. This one went so late. Um... Nine minutes, I think it was 10 or 11 minutes of, of added time. I watched the entire game. This was the one that was on the TV at the bar. Um, and I was like, oh, I wonder if Everton will nick a point when, when it started to get down to the 80th, 90th minute. And I looked away and I looked back and Yuri Mina was reeling away after scoring a goal. Um, this was a good Everton performance. They had 19 shots. Four of those fell on target. It's way more than we typically see. Since they've got DCL back, I think they've just been so much better uh, moving forward. The 9-10 behind the ball that we were seeing before has started to shift a little bit. They still have Ducore Onana and Idrissa Gay in the middle. Um, it's still a ton of you know hor absolute horses uh, in the middle, but they've got a Wobi and Garner. It was Garner in this one. Going out on the wings, usually it's Damari Gray, and DCL has just been a revelation since they've got him back. So... Um, I, I'm excited to see, you know, if, if Everton are able to stay up and it looks like they're going to what they look like next year, uh, if DCL is able to stay healthy and then Wolves, this is a bit of a capitulation. Um, they've been really, really good at the Molyneux, you know, they're still going to take a point from this and it's not like they have anything to play for, uh, but you don't want to concede a goal in the 99th and you really don't want to see Everton back up next year because they're these two teams are kind of direct competition when everton are good they're in mid table and when wolves are good they're in mid table uh i think they would have been better off you know just taking the three points and maybe hoping you don't see the cockroaches back uh in your house next year but that that's what it's looking like so yeah this was such a classic just grimy yep. point for everton to get i mean that that 99th minute equalizer um from Mina to score that. And that that's how Everton has stayed up and, and have never gone down. Um, and just a, a note on the Wolves goal. I mean, Huang ends up getting the finish, but the pace on Adama Traore. Yeah, it's crazy, know, A great it? save, but a rebound. Yeah, he's such a fun player to watch, and he's been rumored to Spurs. And at this point, you know, we really can't say no to anybody yeah. um, who would want to come here. So really a, a great goal there. But um, Everton, a huge point. Um, they have some massive... Uh, you know, a massive game coming up to finish this season. So, um, yeah, I didn't get to see most of this game, but um, 
certainly some some fun goals, and and that's what you expect in a in a late season Wolves versus Everton. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. Manchester United won Bournemouth nil, and what a goal it was that separated these two teams. Bike from Casemiro. They took the lead in the ninth minute. Uh, Erickson played like a lofted pass over the top. Uh, the defenders couldn't clear it. Casemiro kept his eye on the ball and just sent his body backwards, acrobatic as hell, uh, right in off the crossbar. That was the one uh, that sort of separated these teams. De Gea made a lot of good saves. Solanke had a couple of chances, but Bournemouth were just not able to get it done here. I think Brooks had a couple of chances to score as well. Uh, but somehow or another, United just kept it rock steady. They were able to do it. Uh, De Gea saved them absolutely right after winning uh, Keeper of the Year. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like he stinks sometimes, and there was a lot of times this year that I felt like he's, he was just not good. Um, but it's games like this with the clean sheets that, that make him uh, such an impressive keeper, and that's why he's been there for so long. So it's looking like he'll get another contract extension uh, and it does make life easier when you have Rafael Varane in front of you. We saw when he wasn't there and it was more of Maguire or we saw Dalo in there. It's a bit harder. Um, but this was a, a fantastic performance from United to get the 1-0 against Bournemouth. And it's looking like Bournemouth will be safe and United are in a good enough spot probably to get Champions League football. But it comes down to the way that Newcastle play. Yeah, this was... a. Uh... What a phenomenal goal. And, and mm-hmm. Cass, he is so important to that so team. I, I don't think there's another player in the Prem that you can really just say they are finishing top four because of this guy. Yep. Um, we saw when they didn't have him that, you know, they, they dropped some, some major points. But um, United have struggled away from home this season, especially against the top half of the table. And they are lucky that Chelsea, Spurs, and uh, Liverpool until lately were, uh, were dropping a lot of points. So, it looks like United is going to get that top four. I think they just need to win one of their last two games to keep Liverpool out of uh, out of top four. So um, I do think they end up securing that Champions League spot. That was probably their their goal uh, at the beginning of the season when Ten Hag came in. Um, like I said, you know what an amazing goal, uh, tricky place to play to get that clean sheet and to hey to, to have some saves to really solidify that keeper of the year award is uh, is really nice to see for them. Yeah, it's crazy. When I look back at Casemiro's career, I I thought for sure when he came to United, it was just going to be, he was just kind of be, would be like a blocky, you know, deep lying defensive midfielder. But he has been such a revelation for them, even moving forward. He's distributed the ball so well. He shored things up just in an unbelievable manner. And I guess when you're going from Fred and McTominay to Casemiro, you know, it, it's an upgrade, obviously, but Casemiro is not super young. He's 31 now. He's not quick, um, but he fits right in. And when you have wingers that you can distribute the ball directly to that are quick, not necessarily great, but Sancho, Anthony, they're fast. And they may not have been the ones that scored in this game, but Casemiro has just been such a revelation. Nine years at, at Real Madrid, um, you come right to United to, to kind of clean things out. He's got 26 games, three goals already, but that impact, uh, those numbers do not even tell half the story of his impact. He has been uh, so, so good. Okay, let's move on. Fulham 2, Crystal Palace 2. This one was a belter, a really, really good game uh, between 
10th and 11th place. Palace on 44, Fulham on 52. Both of them take a point from this one. Um, but we saw Odson Edward uh, get a goal in the 34th. We saw Mitrovic convert a penalty in the stoppage time of the first half. He added another in the 61st, and then Joel Ward to the rescue, takes a point, scores a goal in the 83rd. And both teams walk away with a point in their hands. This was as deadlocked and matched of a statistical game as you could imagine. 11 shots for both teams. Position, or possession 50-50. Five shots on target for Palace and four for Fulham. And it was just a fantastic performance at Craven Cottage. I thought these two teams, when you look at them on paper, they're very evenly matched. Maybe you have a bit more... Uh, going forward with Palace, with Alise and Eze when they're, you know, on their day. But Fulham typically can match that defensively with Robinson out on the flank. Uh, and this is like, it should be a draw. When you look at the team sheet, when you look at the stats, you're like, that game would be a draw. And that's what it was. Just the perfect match and a lot of hard play, but very, very fun game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And these are the games at this point of the season where this doesn't really mean much for yeah, the team. It's a nothing just game. Just walk into that center to the mid-table, but they end up being so exciting. I mean, Mitrovic is just such an excellent player. Um, what a guy to watch. And then Joel Ward, his fifth goal in 302 appearances <laughs> for Palace. Yeah. Your guys, he's a club legend. Uh, really fun to see that for a 2-2. And uh, really excited to see what these teams do over the summer and how they come back full in their second year back up in the prem and palace trying to really solidify themselves as an upper half uh, table team yep uh okay let's move on to the next nottingham forest one arsenal nil uh the contenders unfortunately fall at the city ground to a taiwo oani goal in the 19th minute i've said over the last two weeks this guy does not want to go down and he just does not he has Pretty much single-handedly, with maybe some help from Danilo and Gibbs-White, willed them into, you know, not success, but at least staying in the Premier League for one more season. They've got three wins in their last five, one of them a draw, one of them a loss. So, really good form for a team that was teetering uh, on the edge. And it was Awani, of course. Only six shots for Nottingham Forest, two of those on target. They had 18% possession. Arsenal stretched them like they stretched them the whole game and weren't able to get anything to go. Pointless passing, just worthless buildup, and they couldn't, they just could not score. So, a great performance from Keeler Navas, but ultimately, this just comes down to a, a lack of, of desire to win. They know it was over, they knew City wasn't going to lose to Chelsea. I mean,. It is it is unfortunate. It it's sad to watch, but when you have five four times the passes of the team that you lose to, I mean, what are we fucking talking about? This is an embarrassment. They at least should have tried their best to score a couple goals and they weren't able to do it. So maybe it's a donation. Maybe we donated to see Nottingham Forest up next year. I don't know. I like the tricky trees, but I was not happy with this result at all. Yeah, this was one that I saw coming. I said to a few yeah. of my buddies who are City fans, I said, you guys, it's you're done. not even going to have to play. It's, yeah. so it's done. I said, Forrest is going to win this game. Um, they, I feel like Arsenal might have kind of taken them for granted, and, and Forrest had to stay up. Yeah, Obviously, they, they clinched their you know ability to stay up in this game, but if they went back down with the amount of money they spent, we'll, we're not seeing them again for oh. another 
like the last time over 20 years. So, um, you know, a nice goal. And then they just parked the bus a bit. But Arsenal never really threatened, especially in that second half. It, it, it looked like a Spurs second half. They had yeah. tons of passes, but useless crosses. And they never really threatened Forrest. Um, huge win for the trees at the city ground. Just um, I'm really excited to see them up again. I, I was rooting for them to, to get promoted. And now that they're going to have another year up in the prime is going to be fun to watch. And Arsenal, I mean, it's hard not to look at City um, when you're Arsenal. You know, you drop some bad points to Southampton and West Ham and some draws. You're up 2-0 against West Ham and blow those three points. Um, but then you just see City, just an absolute well-oiled machine, unlike anything we've ever seen in multiple competitions now. Um, so I think you just demoralized. And then you go to, to Forest, the team that is absolutely desperate for three points. And uh, this is the result that I thought was going to happen. I just thought that maybe Arsenal would uh, would pressure them a bit more and, and make it a bit tougher toward the end. You know, I keep telling myself nobody was going to beat City. How could you possibly do it? But I, I don't want it to get lost that Arsenal had an extremely good chance at doing it. They should have beat City. And the draws fucked it. It absolutely smoked their chances of stopping a team that's running downhill at full speed. They could have done it. City were in multiple competitions. They still are. They're still in the Champions League. I think, has the FA Cup finally been played yet? I don't even think that's been played no, yet. No, that's, that's yeah. not been played so, yet. It's United versus City. Like, they had a chance, and, and they truly fucking shit the bed. This is a bottle. It It doesn't matter that... Arsenal are a young team. It doesn't matter that maybe they have their best years ahead of them. If you don't take your fucking chances when you have the wide open shot, then you deserve to lose. Uh, this it's tough. It's tough for me to be hard on them because it was like it was a magical season. Trust me, watching yep. them this year versus every other year that I've been forced to watch it. It's more like watching Spurs the way that they were this year. That's that's the status quo. And for them to do what they did this year with this young team was like, it was crazy. I, I've never felt that way, tuning in to watch every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, midweek, didn't matter, Europa League. It was special. But they just fucking ran out of gas. And I don't know... Mikel has a word for it, Paraha or something. It's what the, the, the bikers in the Alps, when they just they reach a point and they can't get past it. I don't know what it is, but they they definitely that was definitely what happened. They ran out of gas, and I don't know how, because they kind of had it half in the bag. Um, yeah, and both things can be true. I mean, you see yeah. it a lot online, like, oh, it's a great season. You know, no one expected us to win it. Um, it's not a bottle. Well, no, it's it's oh, it a phenomenal season. Yeah. You're an incredible team. You, you, this was magical. No one saw it coming, but you also modeled it. Yeah. You know, both can be true. Um, the future is obviously so bright, but um, you just cannot accept those those results. And I'm I'm curious your thoughts on Arteta. I mean, last year it looked like he had top four in the bag. Um, you lose the Spurs, and then I believe you lost to Newcastle the next yeah. week, which gave Spurs the ability to go to Norwich and and get top four. And then this year with an eight-point lead or so in April um, in the league. I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, if next year, if you're in a similar situation and uh, you have a lead on the on the table uh, for the for the league title, and then if you if you bottle it again, I mean, where are you at with Arteta? Yeah, I mean, then we're talking, like the guy. we're talking about Doc Rivers. Like, I don't need, yeah. I don't need more of that in my life. But the issue is 
is I think he is so interwoven into the way that they play because he's essentially had these guys since they've been first team players. It's it's been Mikel. He's been the guy that's coaching them. He's very hands-on training wise because it's not been that long since he was playing himself. And in an Arsenal midfield, you know, nevertheless, I, I don't I don't know if they bring somebody else in unless it's like you know, unless it was Guardiola or Ancelotti, like what what more really are are those coaches going to be able to do for you? I think these guys play for Mikel. They've fallen short. Obviously, they fell short last year and they fell short this year. But I, I don't really know if, if there's anybody else out there that I'd be more willing to ride for right now. And obviously, I've changed my tune on, on Mikel. I asked for him to be sacked, uh, I think, just last year. So I could change yeah. my tune again, but... Um, the more and more I watched this year and the three times that I watched all or nothing again this year throughout the season, I just think he's very important to the boys in the locker room and that kind of stuff, that belief in your manager and the manager's belief in you, it's hard to buy with another coach for sure. So I don't know. I, I don't think I know the answer to that. I think I'm a tentative. No, you let him stay. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. I think the grass is not always greener on the other side. We saw it at Spurs with Pochettino. Um, you bring in Mourinho to say this is a win-now manager. Um, and then you look now after Mourinho and, and Nuno and Conte, we're a far cry from where we were in 2019, you know, at the end of the Pochettino era yeah. and what he did without without major spending. Um, I, I think you stick with him. So Yeah, and I mean – it's a long discussion that we could have but some clubs depending on you know what club we're talking about some clubs change managers a lot spurs for as long as i've been watching have changed managers a lot i mean i remember tim sherwood uh that was so long ago i remember rogers was there wasn't he um no rogers was that like martin the old um, the, yeah there's been there's a, been a thousand there's been so cost. many and Chelsea, same way, changed their managers a ton. West Ham changed their managers a lot. Uh, Liverpool have had the same manager for a while. But United, same thing. It wasn't always that way, but since since Fergie's been done, they've changed their manager a fuck ton of times. Um, City are pretty stable, but I don't. Arsenal have not been that way for almost forty years now at this point because Wenger was there for so long. Uh, we had Emery quick, but he got sacked, and then it was right to Mikel. So, like, well, it was Freddie Lungberg, actually, for a while, but he's back to doing Calvin Klein modeling or whatever he was doing. Um, yeah, I just think Arsenal are not a team that are going to fire and hire and fire and hire. It just doesn't work uh, with the the way that they're trying to build the club. Uh, but hopefully Mikel sticks around. Okay. West Ham 3, Leeds United 1, Declan Rice scoring in what will most likely be his last performance in a West Ham kit. Uh, that came after Rodrigo Moreno opened the scoring, 1-0. Rice scored in the 32nd, Jared Bowen in the 72nd, and then Lanzini in the 94th to shore things up. This was a better performance from Leeds offensively, much, much better. Rodrigo has sort of been there go-to guy uh, since since Bamford has, has dropped off a cliff. But we should say that the only reason Rodrigo was able to score, really, was because of Weston McKinney. 
uh, a lovely long throw. Rodrigo latched onto it, but McKenney's not going to be there next year. He's going back to Juve. That news came out earlier this week. And then it was all West Ham from there. Fantastic game from Jared Bowen. Uh, great goal from Declan Rice. It was lying deep and pretty, defen- uh, pretty decent defensive uh, performance from West Ham as well with Kurt Zuma, the cat killer, and uh, Ogbonna back there. But, you know, this is kind of like a, a nothing game as well for, for West Ham. It didn't matter if they won. It mattered more if Leeds was able to get a point out of this one, and they weren't. So... Leeds are now sitting in 18th position on 31 points. They're two points clear of the drop, uh, or two points, you know, into the drop. They need Everton to lose, and they need to win uh, if they want to stay it out, stay up. It's it's all coming down to that final game. So they've left it really late here, and I think we're we're probably gonna see them go down. Uh, and I don't really have an issue with that. So I'd like to thank West Ham for for their service in this one. Yeah, I mean, you look at Leeds, they have 74 goals against, and that's Crazy. four more than the second most, and they still have a chance to stay up. I don't think they stay up either. Um, it just doesn't seem right that you can give up that many goals, concede that much, that regularly, and stay up. So um, I think it's just uh, it's just a matter of time for next weekend, and they're going to go down. I, I just I don't understand how you can give up that many goals, and you saw it today. They're, they're just – they're center backs. They're just so – Lacks. It's just teams can fly right through them and score. Um, good for Declan Rice and, and Bowen. You know, um, probably the last time they're going to be at that fraud of a stadium. So we'll see what West Ham do over the summer, but I think Leeds are going to be in trouble. Yeah, West Ham have the opportunity this summer to sell and make a lot of money, and it's looking ever more likely that Arsenal will be the one to pull the trigger on Rice. Um, I think Rice is a fine player. I don't think he's the talismanic defensive midfielder that everybody seems to to think he is. He's not Roy Keane. Like that's not who this is. You know what I mean? He's not that special. It's uh, I don't know. The English price tag is just crazy. They're talking about 132 mil as the opening bid. I, how do you feel about that? That seems fucking bonkers to me. It is. It is bonkers. Um, the English premium is not that much, you know. It certainly seems to be a, a massive overpay. But you also have to look at what other teams are paying. You know, it's it's like every other sport. You know, like an NFL with with quarterbacks. Yeah, it's it might be an insane contract, but look around, right? Um, yeah. It seems everyone else is is uh, overpaying too. I mean, Spurs paid 60 million for Richarlison and he has one league goal. So um, I, I don't think it, I think the number will probably be right around a hundred, which will be, you know, a bit of a sticker shock for sure, but you just have to see after next season. I mean, if you end up winning the league next year and he's a big part of that, then who cares? Then right? it was worth it. Right. That, yeah, I guess it is, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, Rice is only 24 years old. We should say, uh, some of the teams that are looking at him as a as a replacement, which would be mostly United, from what I hear, and Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal have an aging Granit Xhaka. United have an already aged out Casemiro, who doesn't really seem like he's stopping, so I guess that doesn't really matter. But if they could have a pivot of Casemiro and Declan Rice uh, at United, that would be truly scary. I mean, those guys... 
together would be a brick wall in the center. It would allow Casemiro to range a bit more forward and act as a, as a playmaker a little bit more. But um, I'm curious to see where he winds up because we know he's not going to be at West Ham next year. They still have a decent side out even if they lose or when they lose Rice. Uh, they need to make up some, some players at the back, probably. Tilo Carrer is a guy that you should keep, I think, and develop a little bit better. Uh, we can't see Zuma and Ogbonna forever. We know what their ceilings are. I think Tilo Carrer was fantastic uh, at the World Cup and has certainly shown, uh, in a, at least in international football, that he has the ability to be developed and play better when he's on a better team. But... Uh, outside of that, you know, they still have decent players. Suchek is a decent player. He's not great going forward, but he's solid defensively. Paqueta has been a revelation for them. Uh, probably need a new striker, Antonio and Ings. Ings, I guess, is okay, but just doesn't have the pace that you need, I think, in this league. And then maybe another Cam, because I don't think Pablo Fornals is going to get it done for you, and Lanzini is certainly uh, finished, <laughs> I'll say, as well. Um but yeah, West Ham are a team to keep your eye on in terms of transfers this season. Matt and I will definitely have, you know, a couple at least uh, transfer rumor episodes for you. Transfer, um, when they get completed, we'll go through them all as well towards the end of the summer, end of the end of the window. But keep your eye on it. Uh, up next, Brighton 3, Southampton 1. This was better. This was much better from Brighton. Uh, but it was what we expected. Southampton were your first team uh, to be you know, completely slated to go down. We knew it was going to happen. Uh, but we saw a pretty similar team to what we've seen all season. This was a strong team in terms of Tottenham. Uh, or not Tottenham, Southampton. This is about as strong as we could have got. We had Alcaraz. We had Lavia, Ward-Prowse, Walcott, El Yunusi, Aribo. These are guys that play... Every week, for the most part, even Leonco and Kyle Walker-Peters were back there. And Brighton now had the full-strength lineup. We had Caicedo back in the midfield, Pascal Gross there. Uh, Ferguson was up top, McAllister, Matoma, and CISO. This was full-strength for Brighton. They wanted to take all three points. They did. 3-1, fantastic performance. I'm shocked Southampton even got a goal. But now Southampton are in 20th. They're just chilling down there. Five losses in their last five. They're on 24 all set to go. Brightoner on 61 points in sixth. Three wins in their last five. Looking to, well, it's it's hopeless, but they were looking to overtake Liverpool, and they're just going to sit right in sixth, I think, uh, unless they swap with Aston Villa uh, for the end of the season. Yeah, Southampton fucking sucks. So bad. This, I'm this, so glad they're, they're going so down. Bad. They are so bad. I mean, this was 3-1. This could have been way worse. I mean, Matoma had two great chances. He's such an incredible player. Yeah, just Brighton insane. in general. I mean, you see an 18-year-old Evan Ferguson get a brace. They're just an incredible club. I'm, I'm really curious to see, um, you know, obviously they lost Potter. Deserby comes right in, and they don't miss a beat, actually playing better. He's better, yeah. um, If he gets a move, you know, there's been rumors of Spurs and other big clubs. I'm really curious to see, you know, is it the Zerbi or is it just the scouting and the system at Brighton? I mean, their scouting is just phenomenal. If there's anybody that Brighton has their eye on, the big clubs should just buy them because, you know, don't even do the scouting. Just just buy everybody from Brighton. These guys are just such an incredibly ran club. Um, really excited to see them in European football. I think it's going to be uh, really fun to watch next year. Um, and you guys, you got guys like Pascal Gross feeling the deal. Uh, just so fun to watch. And Southampton, absolute shit. Can't wait to see them down. And hopefully they never come back up. 
Yeah, I mean, the weird thing with Brighton is I think it's not weird, but so their owner, Tony Bloom, uh, super, super rich, uh, famous sports better. He was a poker player. Now he's an entrepreneur and he owns uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. And he actually owns uh, Union saint gilles as well, who are in uh, the Belgian first division. He and his team of, of analysts have developed some of the most unbelievable algorithms and tools to use in scouting. That's how they're able to bring these players in. Caicedo, Estupinon, uh, McAllister. They have Jordan Steele or Jason Steele in there now as well. He's He's been in and around forever. He's 32 years old, but he fit the slot for the keeper as a backup. And CISO, young as so young. Evan Ferguson. This is the formula that Southampton used to use. This is who Southampton used to be. And you look at Southampton now, down five losses in their last five, going out, probably not going to see them come up, have an unbelievable farm system that has just rotted and is dead now. You wonder, you know, is the other shoe ever going to drop for Brighton or have they taken the Southampton formula and made it better, made it sustainable? And I think, honestly, with all of the interviews and, and things I've read about Tony Bloom, like, I don't really see how that shit is going to stop if they continue to develop players at this rate and just are able to slot coaches in whoever it may be a backup coach uh to Zerby or whoever it was like i don't know how you stop that because they have have just been unbelievable i mean where the fuck do you find karu matoma where did they find this kid? He was studying the physics of dribbling a year and a half ago at a university in Japan. And now he's like one of, if not, I'd, I'd say over the last 15 weeks, has probably been one of the best attacking midfielders slash wingers in the league. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, you look at uh, at Moneyball and, and Major League Baseball. That's what it is, right. That's a whole other level. A whole other level. I mean. Um, I don't think Brighton, you know, just because of the, the massive uh, foreign back clubs, I don't think they'll ever get to, you know, be a perennial top four. But yeah. the fact that they're the, the club, the size that they are, and they're, you know, in the top six and, and have taken down some of the biggest teams in the country uh, this season, it's uh, such a testament to that scouting um, that they're doing there. It's uh, really fun to watch. I mean, Spurs got Eve Basuma from, from Brighton yep. this summer, and, yep. you know, he, he looked better in the last few games for us, but um it's almost like uh you're a little worried to buy guys from them and know. You know, maybe appoint coaches because you just see them maybe they're just a part of a system and then you <laughs> second guess we saw what potter did at chelsea yep. like oh shit maybe this is just brighton and you can't really uh take it at face value when you look to buy players from there i mean maybe matoma moves on and then he's he's out of the league in a year or two yeah. it could just be brighton but good for them yeah for sure it's just a lot of high motor that's the thing that comes to mind when i look at brighton it's high motor and it's intelligent. The guys play hard, uh, but they play extremely intricate and just well-paced football as well. Love Brighton and uh, Fatboy Slim, you know, uh, a minority stakeholder as well. Shout out Fatboy Slim. One of my dad's favorite artists, which is so strange, but loves Fatboy. Okay, Manchester City 1, Chelsea nil. Guard of honor for the frauds. Uh, Julian Alvarez with a goal in the 12th, quiet after that. Chelsea actually played 
shockingly well. They had six shots on target versus City's two. Um, but it didn't really matter. I mean, City World was going to win the league. They're seven points clear of Arsenal now. Uh, you know, 15-20 in their last 20. Who the fuck knows? But they haven't lost in forever. Uh, and they were able to get it done here. Um, I don't know what you think about the game, but I'm going to ask you right now, uh, what happens if they're found guilty of all these charges? Do Arsenal get the uh, posthumous, uh, posthumous trophy or what? I don't really want it, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think um, yeah. FFP is is completely. Fraudulent. It's a fraud. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I mean, we saw Juve had some what I would <laughs> probably a bit more. Yeah, they uh, got it back. They got all their points obscene. back. Yeah, yeah, they got their points back. So I really don't think that um, kind of the darlings of the prem, especially with how beautifully they play and everything. Um, I don't. I don't think really any of these regulations are real. Um, we saw a few years ago they were told that you know they were banned from Champions League. That right. was overturned as well. I think it's all just smoke and mirrors. Um, so I think you can kiss any uh, any hope of getting that uh, that posthumous uh, Premier League trophy goodbye. But just to go to the footballing side, I mean, for City to have already clinched the league, um, it's more of just a celebratory day at the Etihad, and for them to still win with so many changes in the first team squad uh, for this game. It just shows how great they are. Um, I did think Chelsea played, you know, much better, and they they have been playing a bit better lately. Yeah, they have. Um, they just don't get the results. But I think Chelsea next year under Pochettino with the striker, with the ability to spend, hopefully sell, make some money. I think they're going to be right back at it. I mean, I know they've made some dumb decisions uh, this season and, and have some, you know, just an absolute uh, slew of players in that 35, 40 man squad that are that are a waste, but. I think Pochettino is going to do some some wonderful things for them, sadly, as a Spurs fan. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right there. Um, he is going to run once they cut the team down because that's what needs to happen first. I think once the window opens, like maybe the day of opening, this team is going to be slashed. The Deadwood will be almost entirely gone after two, three days of the window. Um once that happens, once Poch has acquired the players that he wants to bring in, I don't know what that short list looks like, to be honest with you, outside of Dusan Vlahovic, who Arsenal were looking at to bring in. Uh, they want to bring him in. Chelsea have done historically well with taller strikers, we will say, but um, I don't know. I don't know who they're looking to bring in, but Poch is going to run them into the fucking dirt. He is going to make those guys run and run and run and run and that is what Chelsea need they need a a rough and tumble somebody that is just extremely set in their ways and knows what they want uh there's been too much flaky weird nonsense there at Chelsea with uh not really Tuchel Tuchel was more of a you know um authoritarian but with Potter, that didn't work. That just didn't work. He was too flaky. He was too young. Um, and the team was was too fluffy. There was just too much nonsense. Uh, that's not going to be the case with Poch. Chelsea are, like you said, I think going to be right back at it next year. Um, you you cannot ask for a better coach. You've got the best available one on the market outside of Ancelotti, who looks like he's going to leave Madrid now at the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, I think things are going to be crazy there next year and it's going to be entertaining to watch maybe rivalries renewed, um, and city. You know, well, what can we expect? They had like what f half a billion dollars on the bench in this one. Uh, KDB yep. didn't start. Holland didn't start. 
Uh, they brought Stones on, who's like a fucking central midfielder now. That 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 has been buried all season. John Stones has been crazy good, like insanely good towards the end when they went on their run. He's he's scored a couple of goals. Uh, he's way up the pitch, and he's just been like totally sick. So, congratulations to John Stones and and Manchester City. You won the league. We bottled it. That's it. I mean, basically putting a wrap on the Premier League season. We got one more week. Um, there's one more game today. Newcastle and Leicester are playing, but uh, Kyle and I wanted to get the episode out for you in the morning. Matt is supposed to have uh, you know, another portion coming, but Kyle and I aren't done yet. We have some predictions. So Wednesday, May 24th, Brighton are taking on Manchester City. I believe this game is at the Falmer, so it's home for Brighton. Do you have in this one? I have City winning this one one nil. Um, yeah. I just I'm not going to pick against them. Um, I just if they're such a well-oiled machine, they just keep on running. I think they're going to. You know, it might be closer than it would have been if the if the league wasn't already won and they didn't have their sights on the FA Cup and Champions League finals. But um, taking City one nil. Okay, I will take uh, City as well in this one. I just think they're going to keep it going because they, like you said, they're worried about the Champions League still. They they want to make sure they're still in good shape. Uh, I don't think things change whatsoever. And regardless of Brighton winning you know, yesterday uh, against Southampton, I don't really think it matters. I, I think City just kind of run over them in this one. Uh, Manchester United versus Chelsea up next. I will take United. Uh, if you had to pick one of these, you know, Matt and I may have already gone over, but um, if you had to pick a result for this game, you would take the under because historically these are one nils or nil nils. Uh, I don't know what the line will be at. I bet you it's at one and a half, but it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. Uh, I'll take United because they need Champions League qualification, but I I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna take one nil United as well. Um, it's at Old Trafford. Chelsea just have no attacking prowess at all so um it's probably going to be closer than united would like it to be but if they get all three points then they're uh pretty set into that uh that top four spot so okay i think they get it done cool uh aston villa versus brighton up next uh so another reverse not a reverse fixture but another fixture for brighton just four days after their game against city what do you have in that one I actually do have Brighton getting the win. I'm going to take them 2-1 on the road. Um, just such a fun team to watch. Um, it might be a bit biased that I'm taking Brighton over Villa, but uh, I think they're the better team, and I think it's going to show here at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm going to take Villa in this one. Um, after that performance against Liverpool, I think they can totally hang in in this game. Uh, I could see it being a draw. I could see it going Brighton's way as well, but I do think I'm going to ride with Villa. I think the project that Unai Emery has underway there. Uh, it's just impressive, and I, the game's, I believe, at Villa Park, so they're going to have uh, a bit of a home game there. You know, fans should be up, ready for it. I'll I'll take Villa. Everton versus Bournemouth up next. Who do you have there? I think Everton's going to win. They always stay up. I think they do it here. Bournemouth have not shown me enough to go to Goodison and get it done, so I think Everton probably 2-0. Yeah, I'm going to ride with you there. The cockroaches should stay up. I can totally see that happening as well. don't think I need to provide any additional context other than that they are just cockroaches. 
Uh, Leeds United versus Tottenham. Your boys, who do you have in this one? I actually have Leeds winning this one 2-1. These games all kick off at the same time. Leeds are going to be desperate to get that win and give them chance, give themselves a chance to stay up. Um, I would, as a betting man, I'd probably take a Harry Kane goal and maybe Spurs to score first and kind of the same thing against Brentford, um, a second-half collapse. I have no idea how Ryan Mason's going to have us line up if it's a back four with you know, a Sanchez and Longley. Um, I think it's just inevitable that Leeds are going to get one. And then Spursy uh, will probably give up a, a late winner to, to Leeds. I mean, Spurs mm-hmm. are just never the team that's going to, uh, you know, relegate another, another squad. We're just, uh, we're just one of those teams, you know, we're just too nice. We'll give you a chance. But I think with both teams winning, um, that would still send Leeds down. But I think Leeds get it done two to one. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to take Tottenham. I'm going to be on the reverse side of this one. Uh, Tottenham are in eighth. They've got two losses in their last two. I think they turn it around here against a historically very shaky Leeds defense. Uh, I mean, if Kyle told you how many goals they've conceded, it is a astronomical number. Uh, I think maybe we see Harry Kane really pump him in in this one. I'd like to see a Kane hat trick in his last game, and I think we've got a chance to see it. Um, Which be nice. I shouldn't say last game, but potential last game. Okay, um, it'll be the, maybe the last game that he. Uh, we're not going to see him go to you know another club abroad, Spain, La Liga, uh, or or League One or anything like that. But it might be his last uh, last game in a Tottenham shirt. Who knows? Uh, Brentford versus Man City, eleven thirty. All these games are just all at the same time. I mean, this is going to be madness. Uh, City, Brentford. I think I'll take City on this one. Yeah, I'm going to take City as well. Uh, I have them 3-1. Okay. Cool. Not much else to say here. They're very good at football, so. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how things are going to shift for them. It's stopping. Then we have United versus Fulham. Three days rest for United against the Fulham side, who've been notoriously uh, very good against top six. But United are at home. They've been good at home. I'll take him to win that one. Yep, same here. I think uh, probably a 2-1 or something like that. United gets it done. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we have Chelsea versus Newcastle. Who do you have in that one? It's at the bridge. I think this is going to be a draw. Um, thinking like 1-1. Um, I just don't see Chelsea. You know, I have them losing and, and not scoring. Um, against Man United, I think that they uh, they can show something here and get a point with Newcastle. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Newcastle on this one. Chelsea, while they've shown me uh, that they've been you know, much better, things are starting to look up, I just think Newcastle are a better team right now. Uh, I think they're extremely excited to maybe secure top three. I think that's a huge uh, stepping stone on essentially changing the club identity because you've got a new owner, you've got all this money in, you're going to make some moves in the offseason. Uh, it's important that they win this game and, and defeat a perennial top four, top six club. So I will take uh, take the Magpies. Then we have Leicester City versus West Ham. Who do you have there? I've got West Ham. Um, Leicester just suck. I mean, even though they're not technically eliminated, it just seems the way that they've been playing that they're completely defeated. And uh, I think the Irons will uh, will get it done in a close one. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm going to stick with them. They've all but guaranteed, well, they have guaranteed their safety. Leicester City will be going down, so uh, I'll take West Ham in this six-pointer. 
and we have Arsenal versus Wolves. Uh, I think the season's over, but I'll, well, the season is over. I'll just take Arsenal anyway. Uh, maybe they'll put some of the young guys out. Maybe uh, maybe we'll see Enketia or Grayson Nelson. I, I think we could see some fun football here. I'll I'll take Arsenal. They've got they're freed up. They've got nothing on their backs now, and it's the last thing that they're involved in this year. It'll be the last game of the season. Yeah, and, and last year it was a similar situation. Uh, Spurs went to uh, to Norwich on the last day, kicked off at the same time, and it was kind of known we'd get it done, and you guys uh, were you know free of any real pressure, and you guys won by a lot. I forget who that was against. I think it might have been Leeds. Was, so yeah. um, I think Arsenal's going to win. I think like 4-0 or something like that. You know, it'll be a nice send-off. Uh, Proud will be into it. You guys will be you know convincing yourselves it wasn't a bottle. Um, I think 4-0 Arsenal. <laughs> okay. Uh, Southampton versus Liverpool up next. Who do you have there? Uh, Liverpool, Southampton are shit. That's really all it is. Yep. Liverpool are going to have to give themselves a chance to win. I think they get it done. It's yeah. the kind of club they are. Me too. They are battling right now, I believe. Who are they in with in terms of slots? Uh, oh, United. So they're going to have to hope United drop points, maybe two. Uh, two games where they drop points in Liverpool. Yeah, they need United in, to but... lose both of their final games. They need United to lose to Chelsea and Fulham yeah. uh, to get in there. So Liverpool show up in this one, and Southampton are already done. So regardless of if they play a full-strength team, it shouldn't matter. Liverpool should get it done. And then we have the last game uh, on our predictions for the year. Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest. I will take Forest. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take Palace. I think uh, Forest are already up. You know, they're they're already uh, able to celebrate uh, staying in the Prem. So I just think it's such an emotional game that they just went through against Arsenal. I think they're due for a little bit of a slip up here um, going to Palace. And uh, I think Palace are just a better team. So Yeah, I think Palace are a better team as well. I mean, I'm on record as a Palace uh, enjoyer for sure. But Nottingham Forest, I think, being freed up, knowing you're going to stay up, I think they're going to be playing with joy. Uh, and, and joy sometimes is just uh, it's a special thing in football. Palace just drew their last game. Uh, Nottingham Forest got three in their last five. I think both of these teams are in somewhat decent form. But uh, if Forest come out, play happy, play light, uh, they they have a real chance at winning this game. So I'll take them, and I think Awanee scores. Um He's kind of become a, a club icon in the last, you know, six weeks, really, at this point. He's kept them up by himself, pretty much. Okay. Um, I believe that is everything. Uh, I got to I gotta link up with Matt and see what is going on in terms of his portion of the episode. But well, you've got our picks, um, and you've got a game of football today to enjoy. So if you listen to this... Uh, make sure you know you tune in at three o'clock for today's game. You're gonna see a uh, complete thumping of Leicester City. But yeah, that's it, Kyle. Thank you so much for joining me as co-host on this one. Hope to have you back soon. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, nothing to plug really. I'm just gonna wrap up um, after doing those maths on my results. So top four, I have uh, United in fourth, Newcastle in third, both on 73 points. Newcastle in third on goal differential. Arsenal obviously in second on 84. City in first on 94. Uh, in the relegation, Southampton in the cellar on 24. Leicester on 30 in 19th. And um, I have both Leeds and Everton winning their final matches, and that would have Leeds in 18th on 34 points and Everton. Uh, staying alive on 36. Um, only thing is follow at the pork roll yid 
uh, Evan had a nice little uh, filming uh, oh, yeah. expedition and a guest review on the pork roll you had down yep. in, uh, in Cape May Courthouse. So check that out. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Leave a like, leave a review, leave a comment, do whatever the fuck you want. We will see you guys next week, and hopefully your team finishes out the season strong. Take care, guys.